Good morning, and welcome back to the conclusion of Jim Crow. And for those of you who think that we've come a long way since the the days of Jim Crow and the nights of Jim Crow, well, guess again. Since 2016, that's 2016, you know, the inception of the squatter, 15% of the black voting population has been barred from the polls. The GOP Secretary of State, instilled by the squatter, doesn't want to tell anyone that they may be able to vote again. The squatter, which has received nearly universal opposition from voting rights advocates and state officials, follows the same template that conservative, regressive politicians have followed since the end of the Civil War to undermine American democracy. They seek to manipulate the language of liberty, to conceal their true intentions and skew the electoral process in their favor, more often than not, facilitating racial oppression in the process. That same day, the Integrity Commission sent out its letter demanding states provide the names, social security numbers, and political affiliation of registered voters. The Justice Department, as you know, headed by Mr. Magoo, issued a letter to many states asking about their compliance with the National Voter Registration Act of 1993. Normally, the DOJ, or Department of Justice, issues this type of letter in accordance with a specific investigation into one state's voting practices. But this one was sent out widely, leading many voting rights advocates to fear a new national voter suppression agenda. And it states, We still haven't overcome the old suppression agenda. In in Alabama, a battle over the definition of moral turpitude shows America remains mired in voting rights battles from the turn of the last century. Since 1901, the residents of Alabama have been barred from voting if they had committed a crime involving moral turpitude, as stated in Article 8, Section 182 of Alabama's Constitution. That Constitution is an outrageous and dangerous document that was created that year with the explicit purpose of sustaining white supremacy, more ridiculous nonsense, oppressing African Americans. Black voter turnout dropped a whopping 96% as a result of its passage. Because Alabama's Constitution never defined moral turpitude, its meaning has largely been left to the whims of state election officials, who often used it to stop black citizens from voting for, for misdemeanors like cashing a bad check. In 1985, the Supreme Court in Hunter v. Underwood found in a unanimous decision that the moral turpitude provision was unconstitutional and in violation of the Equal Protection Clause in the 14th Amendment. The court even concluded that the basis of this section, and in fact, Alabama's 1901 Constitution, was to establish white supremacy in the state. End quote. Alabama responded by tweaking its Constitution so that moral turpitude only pertained to felonies, while while still not defining the term. And in 2016, over 250,000, that's a quarter of a million, Alabama residents, including a stunning 15% of the black voting population, have been barred from voting by this provision. This May, new Alabama, Alabama Governor Kay Ivey signed into law HB 282, which finally defines moral turpitude as 50 specific felonious acts, a shift that could enfranchise tens of thousands of Alabamians. This is hardly seismic progressive. This is hardly a a seismic progressive change in the Deep South, though. Crimes more commonly affiliated with low-income communities such as robbery, theft, and burglary 
make the list, while white-collar crimes like corruption and embezzlement are not. What a shock. Former Alabama governor Robert Bentley, who was forced to resign his office in disgrace to avoid impeachment and who pled guilty to two misdemeanors, stemming from his, his use of state money to pay for his mistress's legal fees, sounds like somebody else we know, will still have the moral turpitudes the state demands of its voters. More Secretary of State John Merrill, the Republican whose office oversees voter registration in the state, has done nothing at all to inform citizens about the change to the law and is fighting a lawsuit, demanding he do, he do just that. Significantly, the special election to fill Attorney General Jefferson Beauregard Sessions' vacated Senate seat has been moved ahead to August 15th from December 12th, and the last day to register is July 15th. In a responsible democratic system that values the right to vote, one would expect a considerable statewide, statewide initiative to inform and re-enfranchise voters, but Alabama is doing no such thing. People who imagine that the squatter represents an aberration in American democracy should look to Alabama, where we've been fighting this battle for over a century, and where the forces of racial biased voter suppression are still fighting to keep its racist upper hand. Closing quote, and I quote, Time begins the healing process of wounds cut deeply by oppression. We soothe ourselves with the salve of attempted indifference, accepting the false pattern set by the horrible restriction of Jim Crow laws. That great lady again, Rosa Parks. In addition, quote, is the squatter a fascist? It's an, it's an interesting question that has generated insightful commentary over the past few months with the best answers situating squatter illiberalism within America's long history of racial oppression, slavery, Jim Crow apartheid, and the ongoing backlash to the loss of white privilege. End quote. That from Greg Grandin. Greg Grandin is a professor of history at New York University. I hope you enjoyed Jim Crow, as I did not. Ebony Contrarian, out.